In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. All right, welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, once again, it's still the month of August, so this episode of the Punt and Pass podcast is presented by Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey. I've told you about it once, I've told you about it twice let me tell you about it again. Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey, they have won gold medals at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition, the Los Angeles Spirits Competition, and gold at the New York International Spirits Competition. Cigar and Spirits gave Uncle Nearest a 95 rating and named Uncle Nearest one of the top five whiskeys of 2017. Go to www.unclenearest.com, type in your zip code, and find out where you can buy Uncle Nearest or where you can drink Uncle Nearest. They are at Uncle Nearest on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Uncle N-E-A-R-E-S-T, Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey. Aaron, you are at Aaron Marie 11. I am at Drew Butler 13, and we are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. If you've been looking at us on social media, you see our awesome collaboration with Imperial Hats. Go check out Imperial Hats on Twitter and Instagram and buy some of our new merchandise. The hats are sick. Aaron, I finally got a shipment, so next time I see you, I've got a hat for you. The shirts are awesome. They feel great. Get them in time for football season. It's right around the corner. It is right around the corner, and we have some storylines to talk about once again. Some tragedy at the University of Maryland in the wake of Jordan McNair's death. Offensive lineman Jordan McNair it's Sunday morning, and the Urban Meyer investigation is said to be finishing up today. So, Aaron, we're going to give our predictions on what we think is going to happen. And injuries are starting to rack up as the season comes closer. A couple of big-time injuries inside the SEC. So that's what we're going to touch on. I'm excited because I can taste it. It's week zero. I think that's what you guys call it at CBS Sports, right, Aaron? Week zero? Yeah, it's week zero right now. We're going to have about five games this weekend. So our lives are going to start getting a little crazy. I actually got to head up to New York on Friday to do in-studio for the Colorado State-Hawaii game this upcoming weekend. And speaking of Colorado State, hopefully a good news point for Coach Bobo. Yeah. I think they're starting to figure out what's going on, what caused the numbness in his legs and feet. So hopefully they can take the necessary steps to get him back on the football field because I know he's excited. He's had a really good first few years there at Colorado State. Uh, and, and obviously you want your head coach there 
to start the season off, especially when you start a week earlier than most teams. But it's going to be a fun week. Uh, you know, finally get to start watching some film, breaking down some players, some coaches, uh, the matchups, all that good stuff. And and I know you had a big weekend. You had to go see the Bulldogs yesterday, do a little scrimmage. How, how the Bulldogs look? How's the new locker room look? Yeah, man. Uh, first off, you, you spoke to Coach Bobo, correct? Didn't you uh, talk to him and check on him? Oh, yeah. Talked to Coach Bobo, checked on him. And, um, you know, I talked to him right before they kind of figured out what exactly the issues were. Yeah. So he was kind of sitting around with his family, his loved ones, and uh, just seeing what what's what needs to be done next steps to to get him healthy, to get him feeling good. So thoughts and prayers with him and his family and, and as they get going for the season. No doubt. Thoughts and prayers to Coach Bobo. I know he listens to punt and pass every now and then, but that's the difference. Your boy Feinbaum called you out a couple weeks ago and said, how does Aaron Murray know? We don't need sources. We just go straight to it. So Coach Bobo, thanks for talking to Aaron and letting everybody know that you're figuring out what is going on. Um, once again, thoughts and prayers are with you. Yes, Aaron, I was at Georgia this weekend for the scrimmage, second or third scrimmage of fall camp. And I want to speak on one thing. I want to speak on what is going on in Athens. You can call me biased. You can say I'm a homer. Say whatever you want. But I saw the new additions inside Sanford Stadium, the new home locker room, the new recruiting lounge, what they did in the West End Zone. And it's not even a comparison. I was trying to really compare it yesterday, but it's not a comparison to when we were there. It looks like an entirely new stadium was built inside Sanford Stadium. The new scoreboard's awesome. The new entrance where the dogs are going to come out is unbelievable. That place is going to be rocking. And I tweeted this out, Aaron. When Jackie and I were back in Tuscaloosa, my wife, as everybody knows, graduated from Alabama. When we were back in Tuscaloosa, say three, four years ago, you would walk around campus and you'd be like, oh my God, look at that building. Look at this facility. Check out the football stadium. Everything was pristine. Everything was brand new. It just felt different. And you knew that that was because the football team's success was really penetrating throughout the entire campus. And guess what? When I was in Athens yesterday... It's happening with the Georgia Bulldogs. It is happening right now. You can see what one successful football season has done to the program, has done to the campus, has done to the entire university. So, Aaron, when you get out there and you see just what's going on and how much different it is from how practice is run, the intensity, the focus, just Everything is so much different, and it's great to see. I felt like I was back in an NFL practice. Those guys are getting after it, and the dogs have a lot, a lot of depth. Oh, it's a ton. Yeah, yeah, it's a ton of talent, and 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 all signs are positive. You know, speaking with coaches there on on site. Obviously, I think the offense is a little ahead of the defense right now, and and you can correct me because you were there yesterday, but you just have so much firepower from receivers to tight ends to running backs, even with Zamir White going out with an ACL injury, the quarterback position where... Listen, I've, I've said it all offseason. I mean, they're they're talented on the defensive side of the football. They just need to keep getting these reps, whether it's in scrimmage, whether it's in practice. And and just going back to my time in, in, in this past spring, watching them and watching the way Kirby kind of orchestrates this entire this entire team. They're getting a ton of reps. I mean, oh, these yeah. guys are getting after it. There's no rest. If you say you get a 200, you know, two hour practice, these kids are going to get 100, 150, 200 opportunities to go out there and put film for these coaches to watch. And that's the most important thing. Just getting film out there. That way you can self-evaluate yourself. The coaches can evaluate. 
it puts a lot of pressure on these coaches because, I mean, there is a lot of film to be watched. Ten prices are, but that's how you make these players better. I mean, that's a sacrifice you have to make when you're getting paid all these millions of dollars, which these coaches are nowadays. So I'm not worried about the defense. I think they're going to be fine when the season gets going. But the offense, I do think, is going to be a little bit smoother transition week one and week two um, ahead of the defense a little bit more. Yeah, let me tell you who looks different just from really a – image standpoint if that's the right even word to use jake Fromm. jake Fromm is not a freshman anymore you know he's had 900 snaps he's played in the sec in the national championship game he had great command of the offense his leadership was evident he had awesome pre-snap command aaron i know you can appreciate that he is comfortable the team responds to him i saw justin fields throw it around of course he looked great as well um, and, I, and I don't think the coaches are lying to you when they tell you what they say in the media as far as the best quarterback's going to play and Justin will get his opportunity. I mean, it seemed that way for sure. Obviously, you mentioned Zamir White's being reported that he tore his ACL. He was a five-star freshman running back who had tore his other ACL in November of last year while a senior in high school. So we'll touch on that in a bit. But good things are happening in Athens, and I'm just fired up because the season's here. And it makes me want to go out and check out an Alabama practice. It makes me want to go see the level of intensity at Florida with Coach Mullen down there, go see Auburn. That's what I want to do now after being up close and personal with Georgia. Obviously, you and I have a lot of friends there. But, man, it's – it's yeah, I get, really I get cool. to get so so we had our CBS seminar last week and and Gary Danielson and, I, and myself were we're taking a car back to the airport. So we had about an hour or so in there because of, of New York traffic, obviously. So I got to kind of pick his brain. And he, he was telling me how he's going to, you know, over the next week or two, he's going to go to this practice and that practice and this practice and that practice. I'm like, man. This guy, I mean, there's no rest for him either. Yeah. I mean, he's getting ready for the season. Uh, and it was interesting to kind of pick his brain. I mean, we talked about anticipations for the league this year, who's going to be good, what quarterbacks are going to be good. And um, he's excited, uh, as we all know are. And I think he does anticipate, once again, a, a Georgia-Alabama kind of dominating both their respective leagues. But Any interesting you know, takes he, from him, like Mississippi State or A&M or like a Florida? He's... he's it's South Carolina for him. I mean, he's a yeah. big fan of Jake Bentley, which I, I agree with him. I mean, he's, a, he's an exciting player. He has some receivers back this year, especially Debo Samuel coming back healthy. So I think he's going to be better in his third year as a starter for South Carolina. And, and I think Will Muschamp's done a great job with that entire team. So I think we we're both in agreement that that second game of the year at South Carolina is going to be uh, it's going to be a tough game and South Carolina can easily take down Georgia. If Georgia doesn't come into that stadium ready to get going. So I know he's yeah. going to be covering that game and, and I think he's looking forward to that. I tweeted it out. I was thinking, you know, is that game in Columbia, the biggest game in Columbia in a number of years. And I was even throwing it back to 2010 when Steven Garcia led South Carolina to beat the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. And somebody tweeted back at me and they said, well, you can't forget about a game, Aaron, that you played in when Georgia was undefeated and ranked fifth in the nation, went to Columbia, South Carolina was undefeated and it was ranked sixth in the nation. And y'all got your ass beat 35 to seven. I forgot about that game. Right. Oh, so bad. I tried to erase it's it from t- my memory. It's a tough place to play. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, Tennessee is an extremely uh, hostile environment. Obviously, LSU, I've never played there, but LSU is going to be a tough environment. Jacksonville is fun, but it's not as uh, as noisy, yeah. as extreme. I, I think South Carolina fans, especially when that team's playing good football, oh, I think those fans are more energetic 
and it can cause more problems for an opposing team coming into that stadium than, than anyone else in the SEC. No, you're totally right, and that game will be awesome. Week two of college football, I know week one's awesome. Week zero for you as well is getting exciting this week, but week two has some premier matchups, and that will be an awesome week for punt and pass for sure. I know we're getting a little bit off topic. We're going to head into Maryland talk here in a second, but when watching the studio shows on CBS Sports Network, you guys are getting ready for the season. One of your colleagues, Brian Jones, I think is his name, picked Florida to be in the college football playoff. Now, look, I'm all for a hot take. That's, I think that's, that's really that's, well known. That's, that's an extreme. And I'm all for a conspiracy take. theory. That's an El Fuego take. That's not a hot take. That's, that's reckless. That's nuclear. That's that should be uh, grounds for you should you could get I was, fired. We were, for we were all like giving that. him crap this past week about that. I mean, it's. There's no chance. I'm I, rooting for Coach I think we all, Yeah, we all think they're <laughs> going to be better, it. but not that good. There's no way. There's just no. no way. I looked at their national championship odds. It's like plus 10,000. So obviously Vegas is saying no chance in hell. But you've got to be kidding me. He went on CBS and said that. Yeah, we're going to be doing some in-studio tomorrow. I think he's going to be there. Get after him, so I'm going to have to knock some sense into him a little bit. But like, come <laughs> on, Mr. Jones. Florida? Really? It's just, um, that is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Speaking of crazy, Aaron, what's going on at the University of Maryland is tragic. It's terrible. And before we get into talking about what exactly went down, thoughts and prayers with Jordan McNair's family. Jordan McNair was an offensive lineman who died on June 13th, and it has prompted a university investigation into what exactly is going down with the football team. Head coach DJ Durkin, strength and conditioning coach Rick Court, a guy that we know, Damon Evans, is now the athletic director formerly at Georgia, and Wallace Lowe, the university president, is heavily involved as well. Jordan McNair, offensive lineman from Maryland, died from a heat stroke, okay? And the university has come out, and they have taken responsibility. They said, look, there was gross negligence on our part. DJ Durkin and strength and conditioning coach Rick Court did not do what they were supposed to do. Obviously, they pushed this kid to the limit. Stories are coming out and saying the teammates were running gassers. It sounded like 110s, Aaron, where you run 110 yards, probably have a 45-second break, turn around, do it again. They said he was falling down. They said his teammates had to literally carry him to stand up on the line. His legs were giving out on him. 58 minutes went by before they called an ambulance. He was in the hospital for what seems to be two weeks and then passed away from a heat stroke. That is terrible. That is not okay. And Rick Court has since been fired. I think he resigned. And um, DJ Durkin is placed on administrative leave. That's the hot new term in college football. You and I can talk about this as former collegiate athletes. And I think what we need to talk about immediately, Aaron, is what strength and conditioning coaches are about and what they do for a football team throughout the summer, right? When you are with the strength and conditioning coach every single day for hours upon hours, essentially he reports directly to the head coach. That's who you're with all the time. There's so many regulations on how how much time you can spend with the coaching staff and how they can talk to you and what they can talk to you about. The strength and conditioning coach Their main job is to get the football team in shape, kind of create that chemistry, and this guy went way over the line, and obviously he'll never, ever work in college football again. But, man, there's a lot to break down here. Terrible, terrible story, and it came really out of nowhere. Um, DJ Durkin in trouble. Well, these – 
I mean, these these strength coaches, they they see these players more than head coaches. Obviously, you get a full off season with them. So I mean, as soon as they get back in school in January, mid February, they're they're back in the weight room with these guys. They're with them in the summertime, and then they're still with them in the fall. I mean, you're with them during practices. You usually get about two or three workouts in per week as well during the season. So these guys are heavily uh, influenced in these kids' lives, and that's why they're getting paid more and more money. I mean, these guys are getting you know, $200,000, $400,000, $600,000 to be strength coaches of these universities. But I do think that, that some of them, it's almost that, I don't know if you've seen some of these YouTube videos where these kind of meathead extreme yeah. coaches that, you know, they put on their glasses or wearing their tank tops. And this isn't, this isn't Olympic lifting. No. This isn't, this isn't, um, what is it called? That crazy workout. Crossfit. This isn't cross. I mean, these are, these are athletes. I mean, you have to learn to train these athletes differently. I mean, this isn't this 50s, 60s, 70s where this we, 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 this isn't <laughs> F45 what we used and to think about Shout out you, Josh you run these kids, you, you run these kids to death until they pass out or die and there's no water. And uh, we've learned from that. We've grown, we've matured. We understand how to push these kids to, to the point of making them better. And then there's a the point of pushing them to the the point where you're actually breaking down the muscle, destroying the body. And that's why you see injuries. That's why you see more and more ACL tears and, and bones breaking and all that stuff is because these kids are, they're exhausted, man. Yeah. When you can't get up there during a game and, and run a route correctly, because you have just been running miles and miles and, and practice and, and, and the conditioning and you're just worn out. That's when the ACL start to go. So listen, I, learn the body. Yeah. And that's my thing. I mean, it's not about going there and squatting 10,000 pounds. I mean, that's not what it is. It's not about who can bench more, more. It's about how can we develop these kids to be functional athletes to go out there and kick butt. And, and even talking, I know you probably talked to some of the strength coaches in the NFL. They tell me like, Hey, listen, we get you kids from college and it takes us about two years to get your body right. Oh yeah. I mean, you guys are so messed up from these college coaches thinking that it's all about just putting a lot of weight on you putting a lot of weight on your back and your chest running 5 million sprints. It's not about that. And, and the, the more and more these, these pro coaches are seeing it. They're trying to tell these guys proper techniques, proper form, proper workouts, but um, you know, hopefully they get better and, and stories like this, they're tra they're tragic. They're awful to hear, but hopefully it opens some eyes for administrations and for other strength staffs to uh, kind of take a look at their program, see what direction they're heading and, and really put the kid first. Yeah, obviously Rick Court did not have touch with reality. He pushed this kid to the limit, sent him into a heat stroke. It sounds like his kidneys failed, and he tragically passed away. But in the job description for a strength and conditioning coach, Aaron, it's not to coddle you, right? It's totally different in the NFL. These guys are there to break your will, test your mettle, try to create that team chemistry, and you are 18 to 22 years old, so your body can handle it at that point. You know who I think deserves some blame as well and this may not be uh, maybe the politically correct thing to say but what about Jordan McNair's teammates who didn't say hey coach get off his ass he can't even stand why don't you were an, anybody... you were no you were an 18 year old kid at one point I know, you think you're gonna go up to a coach who's getting paid all that money Dude, if and you were supposed falling to, down he's supposed and I had to, be, to drag you to the supposed line? to be an expert he's supposed to be an expert in this field of training and getting guys ready you, these kids aren't going to talk up, man. You know, then that's they, an emergency. They talk up. That's they an emergency. I never saying, saw that. These happen. kids are you... young. They're intimidated. They're intimidated by authority. 
So I, I'm not going to put any blame on these kids. I'm putting the blame on the coach. They should know too. I mean, it's their job to realize how far they can push kids and how and how far they can. I mean, I agree with it you. It would have been great. It would have been great if a player said, "Coach, hey, enough's enough." But in my mind, how intense these workouts are have been, the kind of culture of intimidation that this school and what we've heard. I'm sure if these kids were thinking, if I say something. Man, I may have two weeks of morning Tell runs. The trainer, if I, if I, then the trainers didn't even do shit either. The, the I'm telling you, the culture that they built it's toxic. at Maryland, it was bad. Yeah. It was intimidating. These kids didn't want to voice an opinion. I mean, they were pretty much taught, do what I say or you're in trouble. And that's not what you need. You need more of a communication. And these kids need to feel free to say when they're not feeling good, to say when they're, you know, they're they're hurting or something. I mean, there's a difference between being hurt. And being injured, and yeah. and you have to realize that as a player, but you also have to trust your players enough that they can speak up and let you know what's going on within the program. And reports have come out, and the players have said, like you just mentioned, they were scared to even say anything in response to this coach because he was psychotic. He would break them down. He would say terrible things, and and don't get it twisted. I mean, every strength coach says terrible things to be a strength coach. I mean, that's what they are all about. If I repeated some of the stuff that our college strength coaches said to us, Murray, on this podcast right now, I think the FCC would come down and say, no more punt and pass podcast. But this was terrible. And again, thoughts and prayers to Jordan McNair's family. The university has accepted moral and legal responsibility for the inaction of the coaching staff, the inaction of the athletic training staff, which takes a bunch of blame for me as well. And I just feel terrible for the entire team having to go through this tragedy. So what happens to DJ Durkin? Who knows? Does Damon Evan, the athletic director, get fired? Who knows? Does the university president get fired? Man, I don't know, Aaron, but they've created an investigative panel, and uh, this one's going to take a while to get to the bottom of terrible, terrible news in Maryland, and we will continue to cover this story as details come out. Speaking of details coming out of another story, it's Sunday. It's August 19th, and the Urban Meyer investigation, Aaron, is supposed to be finished up today. We're expecting some news probably early on this week. Obviously, they want some finality to this investigation before the season starts. More and more information is coming out about Zach Smith, former wide receiver coach at Ohio State. This guy was twisted in the head. This guy was a total, total loser. He was beating up his pregnant wife. He was domestically abusing his ex-wife, same girl. He was ordering sex toys to his office, taking nude photos in the White House when they were celebrating the national championship that they won back in 2014. He was having relations with an Ohio State staffer. I mean, that not a good look. Not a good look. Why? Why did Urban Meyer jeopardize his entire career for this guy, Aaron? I don't no, but here's what I'm going to say before we get into our predictions. Whether the investigative panel that Ohio State created finds that Urban Meyer did or didn't tell the necessary people about him knowing that Zach Smith was beating up his pregnant wife, Urban Meyer is an enabler to this guy. He is an enabler for his actions. He is an enabler for his abuse, and he is an enabler to – a movement now that is viewed so poorly in society as it should be that I think he's going to get fired. What do you think, Murray? Well, I mean, there's three scenarios. And then speaking with a lot of the guys over there at CBS, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of them that don't think he's going to get fired. 
you know, so, so let's break it down. So first scenario, he gets fired. Yeah. You know, the university comes to the conclusion that he knew uh, what what happened, what went down in 09, what went down in 15 and, and in between. Second thing, he gets suspended for four games, which in my opinion, you're pretty much saying that's a, that's nothing. You're, you're pretty well, you're saying that, hey, he, he was, was involved wrong. somehow. Yes. He yes. knew. But it's OK. We're just going to give him a little slap on the wrist. And then three. You're gonna say, hey, he's innocent. He didn't know. He re- or he did know and reported to the, to the right people, and and nothing was done from there. And it's not his fault. I'm so I'm with you. I'm, I'm on the first where he needs to get fired, because he knew. I mean, this is still his coaching staff. And yes, yes, you can go to the higher ups and let them know, hey, this is going on within my coaching staff. But once again, it's it's his. Coaching staff, you dictate who you want to be your quarterback coach, your receiver coach, your defensive coordinator, your offensive coordinator. That's on you as a head coach. And if you're going to allow that toxic um, of a person to be in a room with kids, especially if you know what's going on, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I know a lot of people are, are start slowly going on to the fact that he's not going to get not going to get fired for this. I, I just still don't see how that's going to happen. Uh, I guess we'll find out here near in the in the in the near future, but as as a as a player for Ohio State, I'm sure these kids are just ready to get this over with. I mean, looking at that side of it too, it's been it's been a long two weeks. First of all, camp is a grind. We all know camp's a grind, but now you're missing your head coach. You have all this media, all these questions every single There's day negativity. about what's going on, and, and it's a really good football team, which is unfortunate. I mean, Urban did build a very good football team heading into this year, probably the favorite to win that conference. And now these kids have all these distractions where they're not able to fully maximize what they can do on the practice field heading into the season. You're totally right. The negativity surrounding Ohio State is awful for the players. I mean, they weren't responsible for this. But Urban Meyer is, and he deserves to be fired. He knew what this guy was up to. And again, he was his enabler. He kept him around. He was giving him raises. He he was telling him, hey, man, uh, your grandpa says act better. His grandpa was going to... Courtney Smith saying, don't tell. Zach will lose his job. It'll put a bad light on Urban Meyer. I mean, just awful, awful looks, Murray. And people go back and point to what happened with Jim Tressel. They're saying Jim Tressel got fired for way less. The tattoo scandal. The NCAA came in and, and Ohio State fired him. Let me tell you why Ohio State was so quick to fire Jim Tressel, Aaron. It's because Urban Meyer was chilling on ESPN. They knew they could get Urban Meyer immediately. So they said, hey, Tressel, you've been great. Thanks so much. You're getting a little old. We're going to fire you. This is a little culprit for us to get rid of you, and we're going to go hire our coach of the future, Urban Meyer. They never expected this to happen, but look at what's happened. Urban Meyer's past. But you still crept up. You you set a standard, though. Absolutely. Whether your reasoning is if you fired him because you knew you were going to get Urban, you still said, hey, listen, we're – the reasoning in, in the public's mind was you're firing Trestle because of this tattoo. He's a violation. So now Absolutely. It's a violation, minor, not minor, whatever it may be. That's why you fired him. And now you're not going to fire Urban for, for what's going on right now at the University of, of Ohio State University. I don't, it doesn't matter who's in the waiting, who's not in the waiting. It's still you can't – you have to compare the two things. And in, in, in my mind, it's not even close of what's a, a – a worse incident. I don't think anyone else would disagree with that that statement either. No, no. And and when the decision does come out, Murray, you and I will definitely throw up a quick reaction punt and pass podcast to let everybody know that we were right because I guarantee you he's getting fired. 
but they're taking their time because they got to get their eggs in a row. They got to get their ch- excuse me, their chickens in a row and figure out where they're going to go next. Is this interim coach going to take over for the season? They have to fire Urban Meyer. If they don't, it'll be such a bad look, and he will get absolutely verbally abused, as he should, if he is on the sidelines the entire season. I might just go up to an Ohio State game just so I can give him a few jabs as well. But terrible look. The, the details coming out about Zach Smith, I mean, this guy, whoa. He's a sick, I he's mean, a sick dude, man. I know. I mean, the, the stuff at the White House, uh, the stuff that he, he was in the facility. I mean, so I was driving the other day, and, and I saw the pop-up um, just on the ESPN alert or whatever it was, and and I had Sharon read it to me as I was driving. And she, her face was just like, oh, oh my God. goodness. I mean, this dude. I was like, what's going on? So she, she started reading out to me, and I was just, you know, jaw to the ground. I mean, I, how do you not know? My question is, too, and my actually not question, but worry is really, I mean, he was this bad of a person. Oh, just a total, what was he, total what was loser. He like, what was he like in the meeting room with these kids? I know, dude. I mean, if you I, you're totally right. immature, you have this immature of a coach off the field dealing with, with, you know, his wife and then all this other nonsense in the white house and all the sex toys. What was he doing with these players? Not, I'm not saying anything bad, but what was his, you know, how did he treat these players in the meeting room? How did he treat these players at practice? So I'm sure it's not good. I mean, he just seems like an extremely immature guy, someone who should not be coaching college kids. No, you're totally right. And again, urban Meyer enabled Zach Smith to do everything that he's done. And, and as terrible as it gets, the blame falls on urban Meyer. And I think he will get fired. Zach Smith though, you know what he needs to do? He needs to chill out Murray. And you know how I like to chill out by drinking a Tennessee gold. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to have one this afternoon. Tennessee gold is when you put uncle nearest premium whiskey into your favorite glass Throw a little honey syrup on there, Murray, and then maybe some fresh lemon juice. Mm. I like to mm. pour a little ginger beer on top. It's hey, is a it great make my game stomach, day Is it going to make my stomach feel better over I here? I think so. Yeah. You know, whiskey is in a hottie toddy, so fall is right around the corner. Obviously, the holidays come with fall and winter. Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey, perfect, perfect for your hottie toddy. And remember, Nearest Green, Nathan Nearest Green, is the best whiskey maker the world never knew until now. He's the first African-American master distiller on record. He is believed to have perfected the Lincoln County process, which is what distinguishes Tennessee whiskey from bourbon. This is the real deal. Check out Uncle Nearest, www.unclenearest.com. All right, football's right around the corner with that. Camps are grinding, scrimmages are happening, and injuries are starting to rack up. Bad news out of Athens yesterday, Murray. Freshman Zamir White, five-star running back, is believed to have suffered a potential season-ending torn ACL in his other knee. That stinks for the kid because he was working extremely hard, and, and it seemed like he was healthy coming off of his other torn ACL last year. And right before we fired up this podcast, you sent me a link that Alabama had a couple of injuries as well. Four-star linebacker Chris Allen tore his ACL, and that's on top of Terrell Lewis tearing his ACL over the summer. So injuries are starting to rack up. For teams like Georgia and Alabama, though, as bad as it is for the kids and as much as I hate it for those kids who are working so hard to play, man, these teams have depth, and it gives these injured guys an opportunity to just, hey, take the season off. Murray, you can speak to this because you've dealt with the torn ACL before, but just relax, get healthy, don't rush back. It stinks to see these kids working so hard and then get hurt, though. 
Yeah, and then going back to Zamir White a little bit, obviously Torrey's other ACL last last year in, in high school. Sometimes you come back from these injuries, you know, you start to compensate. So I tear my left ACL, I come back and I heavily favor my right side. You know, you're you're walking a little bit more on the right, you're when you stand up tall, you're leaning a little bit more on the right side. So you do start to put more and more stress on the quote, quote unquote, good ACL or your good leg. And that stress starts to build up where, I mean, it obviously it just takes one move, one cut, and then boom, his other ACL does come, yeah. come, you know, pop, which is unfortunate for him. But yeah, it stinks. You hate seeing guys get hurt. And it stinks for a whole team too. Cause I mean, you have pause momentum. You've, I think for Zamir, I think you're know, talking with people within the program, had an incredible offseason. I mean, the, the way this guy rehabbed his body, the way he was able to get healthy and get going for this fall camp, uh, pretty much shocked everyone. I mean, Ron Corson was telling me that this kid is a freak of nature when it comes to getting healthy. And and you want a full squad. And I know these teams are deep. They got a lot of depth. They got a lot of four-star, five-star five kids. But you still want to be able to put the best player on the football field. Uh, and then you never know what happens going to what is going to happen the rest of the season. You know, you lose another guy, and all of a sudden now you're on your number three uh, linebacker or quarterback or defensive back. So, you know, usually the healthiest teams are the ones that are going to make it at the end of the season. Yeah, and when you look at Georgia's running back picture, I mean, this is why you recruit multiple five and four star running backs, and that's why they come because they know the reality of football. It stinks, but guys get hurt. Well, especially it's at next the running back up. position, yeah. it, the running back position is. I mean, those guys take a beating, and I think Georgia's shown that. That you know, listen, we we may have a great bag or two great backs, but we are more than comfortable playing three or four guys. I mean, they did it all last year with that rotation of guys in and. And I think that helps too. I mean, that keeps guys healthy. That keeps guys fresh. And not only does that, you know, make the team better at the end of the day, but that should prepare you as well. If you have the ability to go play the NFL, you're not a guy that's getting hit 30, 35 times yeah. a game. So what a great recruiting depth, pitch. And that's, and that's, and that's why you build the depth at certain positions, guys where you can rotate in receivers, running backs, obviously a quarterback. You're not going to do that as much. Uh, but those key positions on the offense, you want to keep guys healthy. You want to keep them fresh and, and, and I'm not worried about Georgia. You know, we, I think we'll um, we'll both say it. I mean, it, it's running back you. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. That's who they are. That's where they're going to continue to pitch in the recruiting trail. And that's why they're going to keep getting these four and five star kids that aren't worried that there's another four or five kids already on campus because, you know, they're going to get their opportunity one way or the other if they can prove it. You're totally right. Brian Harrion, DeAndre Swift, Elijah Holyfield. James Cook, I mean, next man up. And unfortunately for all football fans, regardless of who your favorite team is, before the season starts on September 1st, there's probably going to be a couple more injuries and news to break. So we will, of course, have that for you right here on Punt and Pass. But that's football, man. And uh, it stinks that Zamir White and the linebacker from Alabama got injured. But they'll be back. And, and that's what great athletic training staffs are there for. Just like who you mentioned, Ron Corson at Georgia, not like who we mentioned earlier, the people at Maryland. Well, it's here, man. Week zero. You mentioned that to me last week, and I kind of chuckled a little bit, but it's true. Week zero, you'll head up to New York tonight. You're going to be covering what's going down in college football this week in studio. So follow Aaron at Aaron Murray 11. You can follow me at Drew Butler 13. Most importantly, Follow our pals, Uncle Nearest, at Uncle Nearest on Instagram and Twitter. Go to www.unclenearest.com. Type in your zip code. Figure out where you can drink it. Figure out where you can buy it. 
send us a picture of you enjoying Uncle Nearest, and we will retweet it at Punt and Pass. It's here, Murray. I'm going to have a cocktail today just in celebration of football being right around the corner. You got anything on the way out, my man? Oh, nothing for me. Just like I said, beginning the show, it's it's time for to start finalizing my boards. Got to get my boards together. Uh, finalize some research. Our, our crew at CBS Sports did a great job of sending us a packet on each conference, breaking down each team, what's going on, all the great news, the great players, and what to expect. So, got a lot of studying to do. I feel like I'm preparing for you know a final exam right now. Um, so it's gonna be kind of grinding away and and get ready for hopefully a fun season. So. Until then, it'll be a good week, and, and week zero, baby. Let's no doubt. go. No doubt. We will have another episode of Punt and Pass later on this week. We will be sure to react to the Urban Meyer news. That will come out shortly, but keep it locked in here. The season's right around the corner, and we got you covered right here on Punt and Pass. Special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey. We will talk to you guys later on this week. See you.